1: come on sucker let's get it on oh you want to fight you want to fight i do not entertain hypotheticals
0: the world as it is is vexing enough
1: you don't know anybody named irish i don't know nobody named irish
0: can i have a piece of toast i don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to we are changing the course of history as we see it that is what western demands how could you do this to me?
1: Really, I want to know. Why did you do that?
0: What you feel only matters to you.
1: Step back for one minute and look at the big picture.
0: And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire.
1: We the bond a family that very few can understand. Help me. Help you. I don't <laughs> own drugs.
0: Or Whatever Movies with
1: Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother, Wesley. Today, we are talking about one of the quote, year's best films, unquote, of 2019, Ad Astra, currently streaming on HBO Max. Who said that? Fox TV. Jake Hamilton. Oh, Jake Hamill, of course. <laughs> so Astro is one that I was
0: looking forward to. I like Brad Pitt, and I like <clears throat> the other person that's in that may or may not be in this movie.
1: Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Right. I like space movies, and specifically, I like space movies of this type. I was looking for a term to typify these the movies where the sci-fi and the space exploration is is only tangential to the to the main theme, which is humanity and human connections and things like that. and the vastness of space, there have been a whole bunch of these movies. Interstellar is one. Uh, Solaris, Gravity,
1: Contact.
0: Right, but where it's not Buck Rogers. But it's the more contemplative, introspective sci-fi movies, and I had this term all ready to deliver on the podcast, and that term was "sad films," and then somebody that I had read something in doing some research about Ad Astra came up with that term first, and so I'm letting it go. But oh,
1: you could have coined
0: it. So without looking for it, without checking to see if anybody else had come up with it, I'm going with "sad Astra." And if I if I ate that from somebody (laughs) else, even subconsciously, I'm sorry. But it's it's the idea. And I really do like these movies where because once you get into sci fi as a singular theme, you begin to pick apart the things. They're so disparate in terms of how they're visually presented, everything from 2001 to Sunshine to any of these movies where it's kind of the focus. You get glimpses of a future and none of them ring exactly true to what. You expect it to be. They're all different versions of the future. Right. So when you get to these films.
1: Well, the iPhone that was embedded in his sleeve felt pretty relatable, pretty sure. real. Not futuristic, though, at all.
0: But but when they're the when that's their only theme, it tends to fall apart. Like movies that that portrayed space travel from 30 years ago look pretty silly now as silly as Back to the Future 2 presenting a vision of 2015, which, with some perspective, doesn't look anything like 2015. And so when these movies are more closely related to the individual human experiences of the characters, it becomes more believable. We're telling a human drama tale, and space happens to be the backdrop. And in this case, Brad Pitt taking a a boat up the river to confront the colonel, and killing him <laughs> as necessary as instructed by the company he works for.
1: Well, he's instructed to take out the Lima project, but he tries to save his dad. What movie were you referencing other than Apocalypse Now?
0: Well, Apocalypse Now I think was pretty clear, right?
1: Yeah. It's I mean definitely a human drama with a with a war backdrop. This is a human drama with a space backdrop.
0: But in Sad Astra, finding his dad is everything, right?
1: It absolutely is everything. It's everything to a fault.
0: We can have the things that look good in the trailer because this movie definitely wasn't marketed as Sad Astra. It was marketed as the Brad Pitt space movie with lots of adventure and mad chimpanzees or mad research primates and and moon chases (laughs) and explosions.
1: Necessary for the trailer and for filler set pieces for sure.
0: We know that we're trying to get upriver to find Colonel McBride. So along the way... What do we have? I think we have pretty (laughs) loose ideas of what a comfort chamber or a relaxation chamber would look like, right?
1: Right, it's not necessarily a realistic Earth setting. It's like impressionistic butterfly sanctuaries or being inside of a flower vase or something like that.
0: And it's not globalization if it's on the moon. What is that? Is it
1: intergalactization? It was definitely commercialization. I know that.
0: Right. So there was Applebee's and DHL and any number of other things on this moon base, which I think is an inevitability.
1: Yeah. And he says, my dad would hate this, which kind of aligned him with his dad. So
0: (laughs) and everything being clean and streamlined as they are in certain other movies doesn't really work. And so. As bleak as that felt, it did seem to be a more grounded, practical future. I did take some umbrage with it being in a near future and being ambiguous in that way. From what I was able to discern, the Lima Project departed 20 years prior to Young McBride going on his mission, right?
1: Yeah, when Young McBride was 29. So that, that puts Brad Pitt at 50, which I think is about right.
0: Right. But it turned out that the Lima Project was approximately 100 years in our future, or the Brad Pitt events were taking place more or less 100 years from today.
1: So near is a relative term.
0: Near is a relative term, and that ambiguity was a little bit hard for me. But uh, There was a
1: lot of ambiguity in this film.
0: So we have to stretch our believability, suspend our disbelief enough so that we allow not only establishing a commercial colony on the moon, but also things like moon piracy, where we go from the average person not being able to get to the moon to not only being able to get to the moon, but also to sustain themselves outside of this colony, right, where they can live independently on the moon and have their own moon rovers and their own moon blasters. They couldn't
1: have closed top armored moon rovers I mean did they have to be completely exposed
0: as implausible as it might have been that was a really cool scene uh, I think it was well done
1: hmm, oh, All right. didn't think it was a neato moon scene if it had been in a video game I would have been like that was awesome <laughs> I mean it was all right the fact that they know that they are moon pirates and then they still proceed to drive around in their spacesuits was kind of beyond me
0: I mean, so this was a pretty grounded sci-fi movie in as much as the science allowed for this story to take place where they could go to Neptune. Uh, We'll get to that a little bit later.
1: They go to Neptune in like 80 days. Right.
0: Not only that, but he comes back. And and this was a point of contention between Kelly and myself and him coming back. Jump in time much? Well, it might have been a better service to the movie had the electronic voice not mentioned exactly how far away it was to get back to Earth.
1: Something billion miles.
0: So the, the the voice, as he's setting off to get back to Earth, said that his destination was two point seven one four billion miles away. <laughs> and I'm guessing that by the time Brad Pitt got back, that beard was a week old.
1: Oh, easy, yeah. So well, it's not like he was sleeping. He wasn't in hypersleep, obviously. His little capsule or whatever that landed back in on Earth wasn't the Cepheus.
0: Right. So he supposedly let the blast from the Cepheus propel—or no, the blast from the Luna Project spacecraft propel him through space.
1: Yeah. I mean, he has the rocket thrusters or whatever, but he uses it to his advantage, yeah.
0: So, a week has 168 hours. If that beard was about a week old, and if Earth was, his home, was 2.714 billion miles away, then he was going approximately 16 million miles an hour on average.
1: That doesn't seem implausible considering he was propelled by a nuclear explosion.
0: Sure. I mean, that's never been done in any other movie, so I guess that's what makes the sad astro <laughs> stand out. And uh, Yeah,
1: well, you know, thankfully they didn't burden us with those details. He is like, I'm going to ride this wave, and then the next thing we know, he's landing in the ocean.
0: Right. He had to go to Mars in order to deliver a secure laser transmission. He couldn't have sent like a USB memory stick or something with his voice on it to Mars where they could relay it. He had to physically go to Mars (laughs) to deliver the message. And then when he found out he couldn't go...
1: Considering it was already pre-scripted and that he wasn't able to ad-lib whatsoever.
0: And then when he gets help from the Ruth Nega character, she takes him under the launch site, which he then climbs the cable and somehow gets into... While it's sparking...
1: He breaches the airlock after ignition.
0: They left the lock unlocked, and there's an airlock near the thrusters, and the sparks down there are to ignite the gases that would propel the rocket. So launch was imminent, and if he had made it 10 seconds later, he would have been barbecued, just vaporized.
1: So this is like an implausible infraction on your otherwise grounded movie? (laughs) well
0: so this movie was pretty flighty I get it but no it was meant to be more contemplative and introspective in tone right
1: do you remember when we watched 1917 we were like this thing is all plot yeah well sad Astra which is such a great name is all character like this is sad Astra to me blah 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 end of world blah 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 moon Blah, blah 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 Mars blah 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 dad And (laughs) then in the middle...
0: In there, there has to be... Right. There has to be a (laughs) blah, 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 space baboons. Killer space baboons.
1: Well, yeah. Which was also entirely character. That scene, that set piece, had nothing to do with story or plot. It was entirely character. It was otherwise a complete non sequitur. The dude is like twitching and getting eaten in the face by a research primate. And it's simply a scene... That is injected into the story to, like, make Brad Pitt really sad about the evolution of science or something.
0: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, but his character. But Roy really believed in science. He really believed in the institution and he really believed in the mission.
1: He thought he did. But by the time Sad Astra begins, he's already disenfranchised. He already recognizes that he's so, that he was, he thought he was so committed, but really what he was committed to was not feeling anything at all.
0: But he does, at great personal risk, defy authority, get on the mission, go all the way to Jupiter, pretty much by himself, to carry out the objective. You know, it's, thank you, your, your services are no longer needed. no. I'm going to get on the spacecraft and go anyway. But then when he does, his objective is to find and terminate the Luna mission commander. And in doing so kills everyone on board, maybe through no direct fault of his own. If we learn anything from sci-fi movies, it's that you never answer a distress call. It always goes badly. (laughs) Right. But in the process, everybody died. And he did that so that he could say that he was going through with the objective anyway. Was the personal quest that he be able to stop his father with his own hands and in doing so find his father, talk to his father and and try to rationalize because obviously. Well,
1: he is H. Clifford McBride's son. Yes, Tommy Lee Jones says as much when Roy shows up. He's like, you're my son. If I had men like you, if I had a man like you, I could complete my mission. Let's complete the mission together. Right. So he has his father in him. And the drive to complete his mission and he does go with the intention of dismantling the Lima project stopping the power surges. But I think that he also has it in mind to save his dad. He still loves his dad. He is bald faced honest about loving his dad despite him abandoning him and rubbing it in his face and saying I never cared about you and and your mom.
0: Which was really hard. I mean, this is this insurmountable figure, this legend uh, that he that his father possessed and that he was reminded of at every turn. It was a story about a boy essentially facing his father. Pretty brutal when you go all that way. I mean, people have gone less distance to track down their dads to be told to their faces that they weren't loved. Pretty rough.
1: He had to see for himself. Right. And the distance wasn't that far. I mean, the fact that he made it to Neptune by himself, like, could nobody else do that? Like, if he was able to do that with their technology of the day, why was he like the second person to do it?
0: Right. Ultimately, the same objective would have been achieved had he let the the mission go ahead without him, without climbing aboard and Actually, no, maybe not, because he didn't get eaten by the space monkeys. Everybody else might have diverted course to answer that distress call anyway.
1: He said... You need me because he knew that that captain didn't have what it took to get all the way to Neptune.
0: Yep. That captain, by the way, I know that this is a tangent. That captain, I took one look at that guy and I was like, it's Ethan from Space Cowboys. Space Cowboys, the other movie where the guy wasn't fit or trained to do the job that Clint Eastwood and his team needed to do. And the fact that that was the same guy is one thing, but compounded with Tommy Lee Jones and Donald Sutherland, it was like a three-person mini space cowboys reunion, which was really strange. (laughs) Especially considering the fact that none of those characters were ever in the same place at the same time in this movie.
1: That's true. Although Donald Sutherland and Tommy Lee Jones supposedly have history in this movie, why was Donald Sutherland his homeless uncle? Uh, Why was the high-ranking Thomas Pruitt a homeless dude who just showed up to, like, escort him when clearly he was unfit to be of any help? I mean, it's like he finagled his way onto the mission just so that he can give him confidential information, which, by the way, was always tagged as top secret.
0: Right. Now, he only went as far as the moon because in this world, in the sad astral world, getting to the moon is no longer a big deal. You hop in your little your little pod, and you say, can I have a blanket and a pillow, and it costs $160, and then you're on the moon.
1: Yeah. Moon was like Virgin Atlantic flight to Australia, whereas going to Mars was tantamount to making it to Antarctica.
0: Right, which is still achievable to say nothing of Neptune. So whatever the case, I think that when you're that cool, when you're that much of a Keith Richards character, when you're old school NASA and have gone farther than anybody has before, then you get kind of homeless chic and shabby looking and grow your hair a little bit because you have credibility. He was as much a legend in NASA as McBride was heading the Lima mission.
1: I mean, I guess Brad Pitt was kind of squeaky clean when he showed up for his briefing. Yeah. They never asked him, by the way, if he wanted to do it.
0: They essentially said, we're counting on you for this. And he agreed. Uh, this was the entire reason that his character existed, to find his dad. Because Liv Tyler wasn't enough to keep him home. She was already on her way out. He had nothing to lose. And I didn't expect him to survive.
1: You didn't expect a happy ending?
0: No. And so it was reminiscent in that way of the other contemplated movies, space movies, uh, sci-fi movies. When the character has nothing to lose and when he boards the spaceship, you ultimately believe he was going to sacrifice himself for a cause nobler, what he perceived to be nobler than himself. Returning his father and clearing his father's name and bringing home all of the Lima data. Apparently, the link from Earth to the moon is pretty easy. But from Moon to Mars, he had to travel in person to record a message, which would be sent by secure laser to Neptune. But between Mars and Neptune, there was zero communication because everybody on board got killed. Uh, He was forced to kill some people or some people, you know, they were trying to shoot him when he was a stowaway. But he said, you know, time will tell. Uh, check the flight recorder if I don't survive, and you can see how this all went down. And I wasn't trying to kill anybody, but I'm sad to report that everyone is dead.
1: Right. History will decide, which is a big theme in this movie. He himself, while simultaneously discrediting his father, does establish him as a true hero. Yeah, he went crazy in all Colonel Kurtz out there on Neptune, but he captured some of the most interesting and beautiful space intelligence out there and H. Clifford McBride himself just didn't realize it because in Brad Pitt's words, he was looking for what wasn't there instead of seeing what actually was there.
0: Which was extraterrestrial intelligence. Right. But what he did do was his job. Good job for doing your job, crazy dad. (laughs) So he wasn't trying to, on the level of some of these other movies with similar themes, wasn't trying to kill his kid. He actually acquiesced to the idea of returning home, even though we pretty much knew he wasn't going to return home, right? Every time, every piece that when he was in the space suit, I was like, wow, he got him pretty far. Let's see how this goes wrong.
1: Yeah, he allowed Tommy Lee Jones allows Brad Pitt to at least tether himself to whatever it was they were climbing on before he decides to shoot off.
0: Right. I was expecting a father-son duel in zero gravity, one where Brad Pitt is trying to be tender and not to hurt his dad. But McBride goes nuts and is using every weapon in his arsenal to try to avoid being sent back home where he knows he'll be vilified when he's trying to do nobler work than he was originally dispatched to do.
1: When you go sailing off... When Tommy Lee Jones and George Clooney go sailing off into nothingness, do they just ride it out, or do they eventually, like, go, pl- when they open up their helmet or something?
0: Well, spoiler, I'm not sure you can open up your helmet in that in that way, can you?
1: I mean, don't they completely go, pl- when they encounter zero atmosphere?
0: Yeah, as we saw, if you're not in your suit, when you depressurize anything, you splat like the monkeys do, but... uh <laughs> No, I think they go until their oxygen runs out and they have time to contemplate life and time and space as they float along until their oxygen runs out and they peacefully go to sleep and ultimately land on another celestial body where they are entombed and enshrined forever.
1: So basically McBride Sr. gets what he wants, which is to be alone. Right. And Brad Pitt gets what he realized he didn't want, which is to love and carry one another's burdens. So all is right in the universe. What's your problem? Nothing. I'm,
0: I have no problem. So I saw Ad Astra and then I had to sort of refresh and renew it because I get that we're striving for deeper themes in this movie, but I kind of forgot it almost immediately. The message that the movie was trying to impart, I had to refamiliarize myself, and unfortunately it was kind of a forgettable movie. Uh, it was produced by Plan B, Brad Pitt and Jeremy Kleiner and Dee Dee Gardner, and they had produced 12 Years a Slave and Moonlight. And I get the sense that this was a movie with a larger theme that they were really trying to shoot for being an awards contender that ended up being kind of sterile and dry, in my opinion.
1: It was a larger theme that was really small and simple.
0: And thus it should have been achievable. You, you aim for a single target, you at least try to hit that because there was a lot of time and effort and money put into this movie. I don't movie. think the
1: problem with this movie is that they didn't achieve it. I think that they did, it's just elementary.
0: Or, beyond our scope of understanding, this could easily have been a Terrence Malick movie in space. And Brad Pitt has participated in Terrence Malick movies before. He was in The Tree of Life or The Secret of Life, which also had space <laughs> and oh. dinosaurs.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Right? It was a very weird. But anyway, I admire what Brad Pitt does. I think he's a good actor. I think he goes for more commercial fare a lot of the times, but also he has a soulful side, and he's searching. And
1: he, he doesn't know what to do with his mouth.
0: No, it's true. But he also searches for... Movies with deeper themes. And sometimes he achieves that with 12 Years a Slave, even though actual Brad Pitt in that movie was the worst thing about 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> Spoiler. But And sometimes he stumbles on it, as with Moonlight, which wasn't a very big movie. I didn't expect to go all the way. I was happy
1: that it beat out La La Land because La La Land was terrible. Sucks. How does Ad Astra fit in to the Sadstronaut film genre? You love those movies, by the way.
0: I do. This movie wasn't as successful or memorable as some of them. However, my opinions will be unpopular. I really liked Solaris. I liked first man to an extent, but it was also kind of, I I really like Apollo 13 and I like Apollo 11 immensely. The documentary that we reviewed available now on Spotify and Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Please listen and subscribe. It was better than I think. Oh man, I'm going to get so much crap for this. I think that Sad Astra was a better movie than 2001, a space opera or whatever. Odyssey. A sad space opera, right? A sad sadacy. I, I just, I don't get it. And so it was moody and contemplative in a way that was better than that movie, but not as good as other movies of his genre. It was forgettable, I'm sorry to say. Uh, Brad Pitt did admit in an interview that he didn't do a tremendous amount of research for the science of what they were doing or NASA. He said he watched a few zero-g films to see how he should move, and that was about it. And he was striving for a dramatic human connection movie about a son and the father and the quest to understand their relationship and to bridge the gap between what their lives had become. Sure. But in the meantime, before we get to see his dad, we have to endure a lot of sci-fi. And ultimately, when he doesn't have any real redemption, when he starts as a sad astronaut and ends as a sad astronaut and McBride, (laughs) the elder, is perceived to be dead. And when in the end, he ends up dead and we don't really get any further progress than a downloading of the Lima space mission data. He is no better off. I mean, I guess they stopped the flares because they ended the Lima project, but he got back home and he was no worse off than when he or no better off than when he originally set out.
1: Well, he had a different perspective and he wanted to re. before he left. He acknowledged that he didn't want Lib Tyler to leave. And now that he's back, he wants to see her. So there was a little bit of an arc or progression there. Right.
0: Very nice. Nice bookend.
1: So Tommy Lee Jones wasn't sending the surges. Right. Because he would have no reason to lie about that to his son when his son travels across the universe to see him. Right.
0: I don't think he was lying. And he said that he was on his end actively trying to stop the surges. I'm glad that he made it home, and I'm glad that he's safe, even if he couldn't save his dad. But still, if he's coming back to be on on trial for treason, then what's the point?
1: Yeah, well, it didn't seem like he was tied up. I mean, he was having coffee at a restaurant waiting for Liv Tyler. Yeah. You know what? I liked Sed Astra. I thought it was good.
0: Here's the thing. I enjoyed watching it, and I like what Plan B and Brad Pitt stand for in the movies they do. I like Tommy Lee Jones, A. I like Tommy Lee Jones' space movies, B. It was almost immediately gone from my mind, and therefore, sadly, I have to say that it didn't work. I guess it was all right. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it sticks to your ribs like a contemplative movie this expensive should do. All right or whatever. I'm going with all right. I think that this was an enjoyable movie. It just maybe wasn't what I was hoping for because I was really looking forward to this movie.
1: This is a mysterious film that is far greater than the sum of its parts. The parts really not adding up to much, but somehow the film clearing the bar for me, maybe because it carried me to the end, maybe because it was a happy ending. And for whatever reason, I needed that. But it was so elementary. I don't know. I just needed a happy ending, and I was happy for him.
0: But just now, when you said elementary, you might as well have said elegant. And I would have agreed with you, because this movie was elegant, it just wasn't ultimately substantive.
1: Yes. It was a little empty, like space.
0: It was like an ornate box. It's beautiful and very expensive, and when you open it, you're a little bit disappointed by what's inside.
1: (laughs) You mean because there's nothing inside?
0: Well, not to say that there's nothing in this movie. I just think that it wasn't quite what I was hoping would be inside. But a whole lot of time and craftsmanship and effort and attention to detail went into crafting this very ornate, gorgeous box.
1: It's like getting to the moon and finding out it really is made of cheese. (laughs) And that was our review on Sad Astra. Please let us know what you think. 818-835-0473 is our hotline or whatever movies at gmail.com. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe, follow us on Instagram at or whatever movies. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast Become a leader worth following.
0: Subscribe today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast.